Welcome to Impact AI, brought to you by Pixel Science Yale Labs. I'm your host, Heather Couture. On this podcast, I interview innovators and entrepreneurs about building a mission-driven, machine-learning-powered company. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to my newsletter to be notified about new episodes. Plus, follow the latest research in computer vision for people in planetary health. You can sign up at pixelscientia.com newsletter. Today, I'm joined by guest Gard Hauke, CTO of StormGeo, to talk about weather intelligence. Gard, welcome to the show. Thank you. Really happy to be here. Gard, could you share a bit about your background and how that led you to StormGeo? My journey with StormGeo started more than 20 years ago. During my grad studies in in the late 90s, I was basically uh, joining StormGeo as as a part-time employee. And of course, at that time, StormGeo was a very small company. It was a startup company with 10 employees. At that time, it was a traditional weather company uh, delivering weather forecasts through television and and other channels. In 2000, I I basically finished my master's degree and uh, went back to university and uh, did a PhD, which I finalized in 2003. So I returned to to StormGeo and I basically been part of the the company um, throughout my whole professional career. Of course, during the uh, the last 20 years, a lot has happened in, in the organization, right? I mentioned we were 10 employees at that time. Today, we are more than 700 employees in, in StormGeo, grown to be a kind of global company with uh, a lot of different uh, products and, and services. So in my PhD work, I, I focused on the numerical weather prediction and was basically tasked uh, coming into StormGeo to develop a commercial weather prediction suite for, uh, for StormGeo. So a lot of mathematical methods, of course, uh, numerical prediction, high-performance computing uh, that was implemented into the product uh, suite of of StormGeo. So I would say back in the time uh, 20 years ago in in Europe, the commercial weather market was just starting off, basically, and being developed into the commodity and the commercial side we are seeing today. So it was very exciting years to be a part of developing uh, the company in, in the startup phase, I would say, into what it's becoming today. So I spent many years as a software developer, primarily on, on the backend side of things, creating data and, and weather models that was basically used to provide the products and services for, uh, for what we did. In 2009, I became the, the head of development or, or CTO, basically hold that role uh, for the last 12 to 15 uh, years. So... In my end of the organization, we've been growing up to more than 170 people now working with research and development in the organization. Out of these, 50 work as data scientists, primarily targeted to work with machine learning and AI developments. I also had a long period where I worked with acquisitions, right? StormView has been growing for the last decade through acquisitions and uh, sitting in the, in the role as CTO has, has really led me very close to the business side of, of what we're doing. So also for a period during 2017 and 90, I, I was head of, of strategy as, as a vice president, where I focused on the business development and M&A side of, of our business. So standing on the outside of R&D really gave me a different perspective and insight into to what we're dealing with from a technology perspective. What does it take? What kind of value proposition do you need to actually succeed with developed products and services? So as you understand, even though I've been with the same company for a long time, it's not been the same role. We're always been on the move and always been growing. So it's it's been kind of an exciting journey so far and really looking forward to the future as well. So what does StormGeo do today? What, what products and services do you offer? 
Yeah, so, so basically we have moved uh, far beyond the traditional weather forecasting that we, we started off with. So today we provide weather intelligence and analytics to a lot of industry. So for instance, offshore wind, shipping, oil and gas, electric utilities, uh, traditional media segments, uh, to name, uh, name a few. So of course, as a company, our products are in, in this intersection of, I would say, two major megatrends we are facing today. It's the green shift and, and also the digitalization of, of society and especially the industries we are working towards. So in, in Stormgeo, around 80% of our business uh, sits within the marine segments. This is the shipping domain and, as I mentioned, offshore wind and oil and gas. So we are a leading uh, provider of, of global services to the, to the ship industry, where we kind of service more than 12,000 vessels on a, on a day-to-day basis. We are also one of the, the biggest niche players in, in the kind of marine forecasting services to the oil and gas industry globally, which is, of course, in essence, uh, where we have a lot of very advanced products serving these, these industries. So of course we are kind of we started off in Norway, but uh, today we have uh, 27 offices in in 18 countries, and uh, of these nine is typically what we call operational uh, center, which are served uh, by people 24/7. So yeah, I think that's a very short short perspective of what we do. You've been with Storm Geo for a long time. The, the capabilities of AI were much different in the in the late 90s and the early 2000s. How did you think about the role of machine learning in, in those earlier days of StormGeo? So I would say, first of all, we didn't call it machine learning back in the days, right? But of course, uh, coming from the weather industry, this big uh, data principle has always been a part of the company. So handling massive data amounts and, and actually uh, building very systematically around data availability, data cleaning, data quality has been in, in the heart of everything we are doing in StormGeo. Also, when I worked as, as a backend developer with, with the numerical weather prediction, uh, it was a natural kind of extension to that to work with typically a statistical uh, methods to, to automatically improve the, the output we saw from uh, traditional mathematical models. So that's been always been part of the DNA of, of the company. But, uh, but of course, this has been uh, developed more and more over the years to come. And, and of course, over the last, I would say, six to seven years, we've seen a um, a very rapid uh, kind of development of that uh, also within uh, Storm Geo. We didn't call it machine learning back in the days, but we've always been uh, kind of heavily invested in in uh, kind of using uh, mathematical and, and other uh, statistical uh, methods to uh, kind of automate and improve uh, the things we're doing uh, within the company. And of course, a key topic here is always to improve quality of data, but also kind of automate processes that we can uh, automate by algorithms and, uh, and other methods. What about today? What what role does machine learning play at StormGeo? I would say uh, kind of today machine learning is is a fully integrated part of our work stream and how we actually operate serving products to, to the end users. So on a day-to-day basis, we are kind of analyzing more than 15 terabytes of, of data. So that's typically fresh data coming to uh, our data pipeline. It's anything from weather model, it's weather observations, ocean data, but also uh, I would say we have more than 500 unique data sources for third-party data that is part of the data fundament uh, to actually serve day-to-day services. So basically the data pipeline is something we put a lot of efforts in in developing over the last decade. So actually streamlining how we actually process and make these data available in, in products and services is of course key. But 
I mentioned machine learning being part of the work stream. So we have a lot of different directions to this. So of course, the things we started off with 15 to 20 years ago with improving quality of weather forecasting, that is of course still with us. But what we've been seeing over the last five to six years with all the new advancements in in open source use of machine learning libraries has also really helped uh, Storm Geo as an organization. So building on top of that, we've developed something we call uh, Deep Storm, which is basically the, the Storm Geo repository for processing and also developing the frameworks around the machine learning within the company. We are also using this typically to uh, predict uh, energy consumption and energy pricing in, in the ele- electricity markets. So, so this is very volatile markets and heavily impacted by weather. So, so what we've seen is that machine learning algorithms can really help us to, to predict these things a lot better than we, we could historically. Another example is that we use uh, machine learning algorithms to route a ship from, uh, for instance, uh, New York City to, to Bergen and in Norway. So by using advanced algorithms, we can basically save fuel and, and also avoid dangerous weather and, and kind of other criteria to set as, uh, as boundaries for uh, how you operate things. But I would say kind of another key area where we've really have spent a lot of effort so for many, many years is advanced decision support for, for industry customers. So this is typically tying uh, the third-party data I mentioned uh, together with all the weather data we are processing on a day-to-day basis. So by, by having these proprietary data access points, it, it gives us the opportunity to really create the tailored algorithms for, for instance, uh, offshore oil and gas rig and connect this with the day-to-day weather. So by understanding uh, the behavior of, of an oil rig or uh, how sensitive their operations are, Given the, a specific weather regime, we could uh, really make optimized decision support systems for, for the industries we are serving. So this is just uh, a few examples of, of what we're de- dealing with, more kind of linked towards traditional weather. Lately, we've also invested a lot in uh, working with satellite analytics and using uh, high-resolution satellite images now becoming commercially available to, to companies like uh, Storm Geo. So, of course, that's typically uh, high-resolution satellite uh, data provided uh, by uh, big players like Muxar or Similars, giving us uh, high-resolution images down to uh, 30 centimeters. And what we are using these for are typically for uh, vegetation detection uh, along uh, power lines. So, so basically, a very different use case from from the weather uh, perspective, but uh, it's just kind of an example of, of how we kind of go uh, further further away from the traditional weather regime we're dealing with and bringing new insights based on on the weather which still sits in the core of everything we we are doing here also lately we are uh, really investing more heavily into uh, kind of the new opportunities generative ai gives us like chat gpt i really believe this will be a game changer for a lot of companies and indeed storm geo and the way we develop products and services so Without going into details, we, we have a lot of initiatives here that will uh, quite dramatically uh, change the way we do our day-to-day work today, but also kind of end up in, in new products and services in, in the, the close future. So, yeah, I think that basically uh, at a high level sums up uh, the things we are doing. You've mentioned a few different types of data that you're working with. How do you go about gathering these different data sources and do you need to annotate it in order to use machine learning? 
I would say there's two different use cases internally. So of course I mentioned the the massive data processing pipeline we uh, we have uh, built, right? Parsing in all the real time data. That's one side of it. But the other is is basically the big archive we have been building over more than uh, two decades in Storm Geo. So. We are sitting on uh, several petabytes of data that we, we typically can make available for, for major machine learning projects. So the DeepStorm repository I mentioned, that's uh, kind of the framework we've been uh, been developing uh, to, to actually run machine re- learning projects and, and actually build uh, the algorithms on, on top of that. But I would say the orchestration system that is pulling the right data and, and transforming into kind of readable formats for either products or machine learning project is, is kind of been a key thing in this. I would say on, on the real-time side, we, um, we use a lot of, of kind of advanced database technologies to, to serve our uh, products. But on the machine learning side, we use uh, different approaches depending on, on what we're dealing with. But as far as it's possible, we try to, to work with the same endpoints and APIs as the major processing pipelines we are dealing with in Geo. So... We created a, a common way of handling data in, in products and, and more or less typically sits on the same infrastructure uh, working with development of uh, machine learning projects. But of course, on machine learning projects, we also tap into the very, very big repositories we have on either third-party customer data or, or weather data. I would say kind of working with weather data is in many ways easy because they are very well structured. They are kind of divided into uh, mathematical grids, so to say, with latitude and longitude and a, and a timestamp. So in my, many ways, they are highly structured and easy to work with. So, so that, that gives an advantage to, to handle uh, quite massive amounts of data without a lot of problems, uh, so to say. So yeah, I think that's a high level on, on how we do it. So the weather data, as you said, is quite structured, but I'm sure there's other challenges related to handling it and training machine learning models based on it. What are some of those challenges? I would say kind of the most problematic is actually the uh, amount of data, right? With kind of advancement in, uh, in computer technologies and, uh, and uh, increased compute power, these traditional weather models is running at higher and higher resolution. So the amount of data we are facing is typically doubled every uh, two years or something. So we need to be quite smart in the way we uh, handle and process data and what we're actually archiving for machine learning purposes at the, at the later stage. So data volume is an obvious, obvious challenge here. I would say a very important part of uh, what we do in the machine learning domain is also the um, access to third-party uh, data sets. And of course, these data sets don't have the same quality in when it comes to uh, quality control, reliability, and a lot of other characteristics. So, so we have, have a lot of challenges in, in the way we're handling these data and have spent a lot of resourcing in, in the way we are making these data sets robust and also being able of, of trusting these uh, third-party data. So I would say data QC has been kind of a, a key challenge, but a very important part to actually uh, serve as something very important to be used for training purposes for machine learning models. Also within our shipping segments, we receive data from more than 10,000 vessels on a day-to-day basis. And these data sets are not very big, but they are highly complex in in the way they are are structured. So 
there's a mix of, of different nuances in, in the way we're doing things. But I would say the good thing we are more or less agnostic to, to the way we built our infrastructure. So we could handle a massive amount of, of different file formats and, and different ways of dealing with, uh, with the third-party data. So in this intersection between uh, real-time data and, and collecting data, it's also about building the right availability of data sets, which is always a challenge, right? So, so it depends on, uh, in the end of the day, how we want to use this data. Data engineering is often the larger challenge, even larger than machine learning and projects like these for Storm Geo. It sounds like that. that's very much true because of the volume and the complexity of the, the data you're working with. Yeah, and that's that's an excellent point, right? If you see all around us, everybody talks about AI and machine learning, right? But what's our experience is that 80 to 85% of the work is basically data engineering. And that's kind of a key fundament if you want to build successful algorithms in the end of the day. So, so I can't really stress hard enough how important it is to have a solid data engineering team working with this. And this is something we also realized in Storm Geo, I would say, seven, eight years ago, where we formed a, a team we call DataOps, uh, which is basically responsible for streamlining all these uh, data streams you're seeing and making it easier for people purely working with the machine learning algorithms to access data and deliver projects on, on that. So I think that's a good point and a very important element, at least of what we are doing in Storm Geo. How does your team plan and develop a new machine learning product or feature? In particular, what, what kinds of actions do you take early on in that process? I would say kind of, of course, we are highly commercial in, in Storm Geo. So it's always to some extent triggered by uh, a question from a customer or a potential customer. So in many cases, uh, more or less since I joined the uh, Storm Geo, we have been developing a lot of the core algorithms in, uh, in partnership with, uh, with customers. That means that they have a unique uh, problem to solve, but in combination with the, our skill set, our data, they provide us with insight that allows us to work with, with a problem from a new perspective. So I would say that's uh, typically the starting point, right? And then the next phase is digging deeper into uh, kind of the data they typically provide us with. So in most cases, we, we have uh, other uh, research projects in partnership with customers or run internal initiatives, but it all always starts with the data and uh, trying to understand the uh, problem you're trying to solve. I would also say kind of understanding the, the value proposition you're bringing to the table with, with the algorithms you're de developing is a key thing in, in this, these uh, discussions. As you probably know, coming from the domain yourself, it's very far from having a good idea and uh, a concept to developing something that really makes an impact for our customers. So, Understanding the, the domain you're trying to develop something for is, is very, very important for, for Storm Geo. And of course, if we get access to third-party data, it's uh, the data quality control. I would say that's the key thing in, in order to progress projects further on. Most companies we work with that comes with, uh, with data, don't, they, don't, they don't have a professionalized way of, of delivering the data. So in, in many ways, there is a lot of interaction between us and, and customers before we reach a target where we, uh, where we have a data set that we can actually start developing algorithms. So in some cases, you get a limited amount of data. In other uh, cases, you get very rich data sets with a very high time frequency and many years of data. So it, it all depends on, on the use case, of course, what you can do on this. And of course, depending on the problem in hand and the data you have available, you, you basically select the methods for, uh, for targets. So typically, we start with 
with quite pragmatic and simple approaches like regression methods and, and things like that. And then we move on to more advanced things if we see that's, that's doable or, or necessary. Of course, our data scientists, they normally they want to experiment with the most advanced methods, but we've also seen that in many, many cases using quite simplistic methods also give quite successful uh, results. I would say kind of a last thing in this uh, project that has been becoming more and more important over the last, I would say, two to three, three years is information security and, and basically the awareness from our customers around how you actually uh, handle the third-party data you're uh, given access to. So a couple of years ago, nobody really cared about how you use the data. But what we see now is uh, everything you do around cybersecurity and handling of third parties is also part of the project. So working according to uh, ISO 27001 standards or, or similar has been becoming uh, more and more important for us when we develop these projects because... As you know, there is a kind of race for information. And if you have access to privileged information, uh, typically customers also want to know how you're handling this. So that's also part of the, I would say, the design phase of developing uh, new algorithms in, in this domain. It's all tying back to the, how we handle infrastructure, how we handle data pipelines, as well as how we develop the algorithms uh, sitting on, on top of that. One thing that I've observed in working with a variety of different teams is that in the beginning, the machine learning developers often don't have a great understanding of the data. They're not the domain experts for that particular type of data. How do your machine learning developers collaborate with meteorologists or other domain experts in order to pick up that knowledge to enable them to train better models? And this is a good point, right? Without the domain experts, you you can't really succeed in this project project from my perspective. So what we've seen is that these uh, machine learning developments they are always team efforts. You don't have individual uh, data scientists or developers that can do everything. So it's about bringing the right people into the, to the same context and actually uh, understand the problem you're trying to solve. So as I mentioned earlier, this is uh, one of the, the most important things we do uh, early on in these projects. And typically, uh, if it's working with externals, it's, it's kind of a combination of them being an uh, active part of developing it, or we need to kind of get our people uh, training in the domain we are, we are targeting. I would say kind of working uh, in the shipping and, and uh, geophysical industries, a lot of our data scientists, they came from, uh, they are coming from a PhD background in mathematics and mathematical, statistical or geophysical sciences. So they have a, a lot of the, the ground base to, to work with weather as a starting point. But of course, Again, understanding the, the customer problem you're trying to solve is a key thing and, and bringing the, the customer side into these discussions is, uh, is always important. It's, of course, also the most challenging part of it because it takes a long time to become a domain expert, as, as you stated. And, of course, that's also why we have our primary focus area so we don't step too far outside what we know we can deliver quality to it's a difficult question, but uh, something we try to uh, to work systematically with. Is there any advice you could offer to other leaders of AI-powered startups? I've talked about a lot about the data fundament, right? So understanding the data you're working with and build a solid data fundament for, for actually develop good AIs or uh, machine learning uh, algorithm. I think that's a starting point, right? I would say another thing, kind of working with StormGeo and uh, been with the company more or less since inception, growing from employees to 700 
it's also about getting your value propositions uh, right. It's a, it's a very long distance between a fantastic idea or a fantastic algorithm to actually sell a service that somebody is, is willing to pay something for. So understanding the industry, the customer you're trying to sell this to is, is also a key thing uh, to get right very early on. And I think a lot of startups really fail on this point. Also, I think increasingly important, as I mentioned, it's information security, how you actually protect third-party data if you have access to that. That's uh, becoming critically important. So start early to think about the design of your algorithms, the design of your infrastructure and how you actually do all of this. It's all about trust these days, right? So if people don't trust your solution and how it's interacting with, with your data assets, it's very hard to succeed commercially in this uh, this domain. And of course, the last but the most problematic in, in many cases, it's, it's really about attracting the right talents. It's a real race outside on, on actually attracting people with the right skill set to work with machine learning uh, projects. So I think thinking uh, untraditional kind of pulling people that you can develop in combination with senior people is, is, a, is some, one way of doing it, at least. And, and that's been the way StormView has been building our pool of, of very strong resources as we've been developing for the last decade in, in this uh, in this site. So, yeah, I think that's the key takeaway from, from my end, at, at least. And finally, where do you see the impact of StormGeo in three to five years? Of course, that's a very interesting and difficult question, right? StormGeo has been kind of on a fantastic journey for, for many, many years, and we've shifted ownership for many times over the last decade. But finally, I would say we found our home in, in Alfa Laval as the new owner two years ago. So shifting from uh, private equity to an industrial owner is also uh, a very important part of the future of StormGeo. So having an industrial owner gives a very different time perspective when you're planning and uh, developing uh, products and services. So instead of thinking only uh, one year ahead of time, you, you have the, I would say, luxury to think the three to five years ahead when you, you plan and, and think how you develop the organization. But I would say the interesting thing now by becoming part of uh, Alpha Laval as our owner is that they work in this IoT space, right? They are working on this digitalization journey where they want to connect all their equipment into the digital domain. And of course, StormG will be an engine to do this uh, transformation, I would say, in the Alpha Laval future. So kind of uh, taking our expertise and knowledge into the IoT domain to, to be in more advanced services in the interaction between StormGeo and, uh, and the other, I would say, business units within the Alpha Laval uh, segment. I would say also kind of on the machine learning uh, domain, I, I think we're just seeing uh, the starting uh, phase of the generative AIs like ChatGPT that I mentioned earlier on. I firmly believe this will be a, a real game changer in, in the way we act and, and operate uh, a lot of the machine learning projects. So just, just to give you one example, uh, how we... Today, write manual text by humans. Uh, we already know see, we can, can automate a lot of these processes by using these kind of new uh, AIs being developed by third parties. So we also do uh, connect to a lot of third-party solutions when we develop uh, these things moving, uh, moving forward. Also, we see uh, kind of GitHub uh, open up new opportunities in their repository. Uh, so... There's a lot of tools becoming available that I think will be an integrated part of what we do in StormGeo, given that they actually comply with the laws and regulation when it comes to information security and GDPR, which is a big thing here in, in Europe. So I would say kind of 
machine learning in the combination with, of course, uh, growing the company and in the heart of the segments we are already dealing with is in, in the essence of, of the three to five year perspective of, of StormGeo. So as I mentioned, being in StormGeo means sitting in this intersection between uh, IoT, climate change and digitalization and uh, creating this machine learning enabled workflow is, is really something at least I find uh, super interesting and, and motivating and I'm pretty sure that will be a very integrated part of, of the future of, of what we do here in, uh, in StormGeo. This has been great. Guard, your team at StormGeo is doing some really interesting work for weather intelligence. I expect that the insights you shared will be valuable to other AI companies. Where can people find out more about you online? It would be on, on our uh, webpage, right? So it's uh, stormgeo.com or uh, to our LinkedIn pages or equivalent. So we have a lot of social media channels. You could also uh, follow StormGeo. So yeah. And also feel free to contact me at StormDeal if you have uh, specific questions. Perfect. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'm Heather Couture, and I hope you join me again next time for Impact AI. Thank you for listening to Impact AI. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share with a friend. And if you'd like to learn more about computer vision applications for people and planetary health, you can sign up for my newsletter at pixelscientia.com newsletter.